This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. Many believe our health care system is broken with the rising cost of prescription drugs, Medicare rules, and all the supplemental plans out there, long-term health care insurance policies, and so much more. There's a myriad of questions for all of us if you are in your twilight years or you're caring for someone who's getting up there. So today I've asked Jeff Johnson, who's the director of AARP for the state of Florida, to come in and help address some of these questions. Jeff, thanks for coming in today. I really appreciate the opportunity, John. Thanks. So, Jeff, I've seen AARP. I'm over the age of 50. I started getting things in the mail about discounts, other opportunities. What is AARP all about? You know, John, I appreciate you asking because you're right. Most people, they see ads on TV for insurance products that have the AARP name or they get stuff in the mail as soon as they get to like 49 and a little bit saying, hey, it's almost time for you to join. And they don't necessarily know what they're getting into. So I just want to appreciate the opportunity just to say a little bit. So ARP was founded more than 60 years ago by a woman who was a retired teacher who realized that older people needed help and they needed to help each other. And so she founded AARP. She had founded the National Retired Teachers Association before that to really do three things. One was to be a collective voice for advocacy, for advocating for older people for things like Medicare, which didn't exist at the time. Second thing is a a collective presence in the marketplace. And so when you see like discounts for seniors, which there are AARP discounts, but certainly there are lots of others, that's sort of a legacy of her saying, look, older people have money to spend and they want to be a part of it. But then the third thing is about collective service. How do we help the community in this stage in our lives, just as we may have as parents or we had as, as younger adults? And so it's out of that 60 years later that we're still doing a lot of that same work. So yeah, you're getting mailings about discounts on hotels and you know free coffee at a, at a donut store. Or, yeah, if you join as a member, because it is a membership organization. But we're also very much in the business of trying to put out good information to help people navigate this part of their life. So some would say, I hear the word advocacy. I hear lobby, uh, which is not necessarily a negative term. Uh, You're just lobbying for a certain point of view and advocating for retirees' needs. Well, right. And and let me say, uh, let me be quick to say, so we do not play the political contribution game. We don't endorse a candidate. We don't have like a political action committee that donates money. But we do show up in the legislature and uh, the Capitol in D.C. just to represent the interests of older people because different industries are going to have their interests represented. Different other interest groups are going to show up. And we think that those who are 50 and over need to need to have a voice in the process in this nonpartisan way. You and I talked before the meeting, but this sort of came to me, and we'll see where this goes. You hear about, in the Catholic Church, respect for life from conception to natural end. Does AARP get into those kind of things, not so much at the beginning of life, but more toward the end of life and and, um, those kind of things? Yeah, no, John, I think you raise a really good point, and and I should say, AARP is a secular organization. It's not rooted in any particular faith tradition. But as somebody who has been an AARP employee for 20 years and is a Catholic, I see very much the work that we do around protecting the dignity of those who are living in nursing homes or who need care in their own home as an extension of that same ethic of life, that we very much are interested in making sure that no matter what your age and for our organization, as an organization that's focused on the 50-plus, it is the 
older half of life, if you will, that we're focused on, that everybody is able to live with independence, dignity, and purpose. And I, again, see that as having a a significant overlap with that pro-life ethic that we as Catholics are taught. So we're not going to hear anything about euthanasia or anything like that? We are not going to hear anything about euthanasia. No, we're very, exactly. We're very interested in making sure that People who are aging have the ability to to say what their wishes are in some of those really hard discussions. But no, that is that is not our agenda. Our focus is really on how do we maintain the ability of people to stay active and involved to the extent that their health allows them to as long as they can. Okay. This is not an AARP infomercial. Let me just say that right there. But we did want to lay some groundwork where Jeff's coming from as far as the topic related today. And you said just a moment ago some of those difficult discussions that you have to have with maybe your parents or, you know, maybe your spouse even. So let's talk a little bit about the healthcare system in general. I've heard my mom talk about Medicare because she's 65 plus, Mm -hmm. but I also have a supplement. What's the advantage of these supplements and are they worth the money? That's a fair question. I think everybody has to crunch the numbers for themselves. So I'm not going to come out and say you should or shouldn't do this. But what I will say is that generally Medicare provides a basic level of coverage for those who've qualified who are 65 and over around things like doctor's visits. And there is a prescription drug benefit and hospital stays, but it doesn't cover everything. And so many people will explore a supplemental policy that allows you to pay a premium so that you don't have one big bill that wrecks you when and it provides coverage for some of what Medicare doesn't cover. You'll also see just and it is a complicated system, I have to say up front, you'll also see Medicare managed care plans. So like HMOs that you and I are familiar with mm-hmm. from the workplace. They're called Medicare Advantage plans that people can also sign up for. And they have a different package of benefits. They both build off of that foundation of Medicare that we all pay into and we all earn the right to be a part of, but they provide extra coverage that helps really make it more affordable for people. And by the way, even with that, I don't know if you've experienced this with your mom, the cost of health care, cost of prescription drugs and everything else is still the, the biggest line item in a lot of older people's budgets, even with all that coverage. Right. You know, I think for some people, they're just confused a little bit with all of the information. It's like you want to give them the information, but it's information overload, and I don't know what to get. Is there some sort of an advocate or a group out there? Maybe it's AARP, but maybe there's others out there that they can get nonpartisan advice from on what's the best move. Here's who I always recommend. The state of Florida has a program of local volunteers who are trained in this stuff. And it's called the SHINE program in Florida. You can call a toll-free number. It's 1-800-96-ELDER. It'll get you matched up with a SHINE volunteer. And these are folks who have done the real legwork to track down what are the different options and can present you with a good sense of what the different choices are for you to make. They also work as an advocate if you get a bill that you don't understand from your Medicare provider The SHINE program is there to help you navigate that. So it's something that I would also say to your listeners, if there are any who are really sharp about this stuff and have learned these things, it's a chance to give back to the community to volunteer for that program. Again, that's not an AARP program, but it's the SHINE program is one that I think is is really strong. Yeah. What about long-term health care insurance? In other words, you know, if I'm in my 40s and I'm looking ahead, I can get a policy cheaper when I'm 40 versus when I'm 70, and is it worth it or you just got to work the numbers and the math. Yeah, that's another one where it is very much about working the numbers because you are absolutely right that it is 
long-term care insurance. Well, actually, let me take a step back if I can. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that Medicare doesn't cover at all long-term care. So if you get uh, if you have a knee surgery and you're released to a nursing home or skilled nursing facility for rehab, it'll cover a short-term stay to rehabilitate your knee. Define short-term stay. Uh, it's less than 90 days. Okay. So, so I mean, it, you know, it's significant recovery from an injury, sure. But if you're somebody who just because of the frailty of having multiple chronic conditions, you just need help with the daily living of eating and dressing and going to the bathroom, all those sorts of things, and you need long-term care, Medicare doesn't cover that. That's something you have to cover out of pocket. So long-term care insurance is one plan that you can pursue to try to figure out how to pay for that because it's really, I mean, it's very expensive, quite frankly. In fact, so normally what happens is, first of all, your kids, usually the elder daughter, helps take care of you as best they can. And often, and I think a lot of your listeners are probably in this boat, people are trying to manage kids in school and aging parents at the same time. Sure. We, we kind of call that the sandwich generation, and it is a lot. And we have a lot of free resources that anybody can access with tips of things that have worked for other people who are family caregivers. But eventually, for many people, if somebody is particularly frail, they say, you know, they need more help, you know, getting them out of bed or you know, making sure their medicines are all right, all of those sorts of things. They may try to get a home health aide or somebody from a home and community-based systems provider to provide care, which is great. Or they may start looking at an assisted living facility or nursing home. Those nursing homes, which are the highest level of care, they can cost $100,000 a year. So, so if you're like doing okay and you have a nest egg, you're still going to run through it pretty quickly for most people. And at that point, it's Florida's Medicaid program that actually pays for folks. So the more money you have, the more choice you have, I guess, and facility stays? That, yeah, I would say to a degree that, yes, I think that that's true, that most facilities certainly would welcome folks who can pay, you know, full price and sure, the private pay rate. I'll also say, and this is, again, it's going to be folks who have a good bit of money, I'm afraid, the assisted living facility is kind of a middle ground. So you're moving somewhere. It's, you know, often kind of booked more like as an apartment community Right. Where there's extra care provided, it tends to also be expensive, and usually you end up selling the home that you were living in to go in there. Um, but it, And it doesn't provide the level of care that a nursing home would for somebody who really needs a lot of care, but it's a middle ground. It, it also costs a lot of money. So, yes, the more money you have, the more options you have, I'm sure. afraid. But you know where we want to be as a society is one where, regardless of how much money you have, we make sure that you can live with dignity. And that's why, at least for um, putting that ARP advocacy hat back on, we care about things like how does the Florida Medicaid program provide long-term care and how do we make sure that it's good care? That's a difficult question and time in people's lives because I know parents, they grew up in that house. They saved their money. They finally got it paid off. Now they want to live the rest of their life out there and they get to a point where they just simply can't take care of themselves anymore, yet they, they don't want to leave. Yeah. How do you cross that bridge? So I, like most people with aging parents, have been through this. My parents retired. My dad was in his mid-80s when he retired from his dental practice, and, wow. and they continued to volunteer after that. They used to drive Meals on Wheels to the old people when they were in their early 90s, which wasn't necessarily what we would have recommended. But they lived in a house that was great for raising five kids, which is a lousy place to be by yourself in 85, quite frankly. Yeah. Spread out. Fortunately, theirs was one story. Certainly here you see a lot where the bedrooms are on the second story. And that's wear and tear on your knees. And it's a, a tripping it's a, hazard, right. all of those kinds of things. So we don't 
the houses we build for our family aren't necessarily the best houses to age in to begin with. It was a struggle that finally for us, it was one spouse realizing that the other one needed help that allowed them to make the move to an assisted living facility. But it was definitely a struggle. And yeah, before we got on, we were talking about maybe the biggest battle, which is getting them to give up the keys to the car. Right. There is no magic to that. Like, I cannot tell you if you use these five words, they'll gladly give up the keys. It is just such uh, an ingrained part of our sense of what independence is to be able to drive where you want to drive. There, if you if you find a place where there are, you know, great shuttle services, it can help a little bit. We actually have a guide on our website called the We Need to Talk uh, Guide, which is basically about having that conversation about Look, I, I've been looking at the car, and there's a lot of dings on it, and I'm a little concerned about your safety, but it, it's not easy. In fact, actually, in the Tampa Bay area, there are a nonprofit that's connected to state funding and federal funding called an Area Agency on Aging. And some of them have had programs here where they'll sit down with somebody and help them do the math of – Think about what you're paying to keep up your car. Think about what you're paying for insurance. And what if you invested that money in just like cab fare? Or nowadays you could think about a ride share, you know. Um, And there are some programs out there where there are volunteers who will give rides. And, And so there are other alternatives that I think for most of us, because we never think about aging issues, we just don't even know those alternatives are out there. Right, right. Talking with Jeff Johnson, who's the Florida State Director for AARP. And we're talking about some of those issues involving aging and and how to cross some of those bridges and navigate some of those difficult conversations. For me, my mom's in her mid seventies. Mm-hmm. She still gets around. She she's the typical church lady. Volunteers, you know, three days a week and right. doing a lot of things. But I don't want her getting on the ladder to yeah. change the light bulb, right? Or you know, I've got to go out in the garage and get up in the attic to pull something down for Christmas. Right? Can't do that, mom. You need a good handyman, but sometimes they're they're hard to find, yeah. and somebody that's kind of reliable. What are you? What are your thoughts it's, on that? It's uh, well, it, you're living the human experience, unfortunately. And seventy five looks a little different than it used to. By the way, I heard something recently. I haven't had a chance to to go back and do the research on, but apparently they just rebooted the Sex in the City series, and the age of those characters is the same age that the Golden Girls were when the Golden Girls oh, series really? started. So we've rethought what it means to be. Yeah, 50s, 60s, 70s. That said, I get you in terms of wanting mm-hmm. people to really rethink from a health perspective what they can do. And a couple of things. So first of all, this is an area that we have a ton of information and guidance to help you have those conversations. But it's also an area where there are a lot of other people who recognize that there is a challenge and opportunity. So there are actually programs out there, businesses that have been built that will try to match a college student, let's say, to provide some of that handy chore stuff that's not complicated. They're not rewiring your house or doing anything that would require, you know, somebody who's really more of a handyman, you know, contractor type. But in terms of like getting up on a high shelf or changing light bulbs, those sorts of things, I think that's a fascinating model that tries to connect younger people and older people together in a different way. Somebody, I, somebody's going to make some money off this once they get that business going. There, There is, yes. Uh, in fact, there's a business down in South Florida that I, I'm not a big, you know, I'm not super knowledgeable about startups, but I've heard of what a unicorn is. It's one that's got like a billion dollars in market capitalization, and this is their business model, and they've reached that status. So I think people recognize that we're all going to need that kind of help, and 
So, you know, hopefully we will see those kinds of businesses pop up. But at the same time, this is a really good opportunity for parishes to think about how do we serve our whole community? Wouldn't it be something if, like your youth ministry, you know, if you had a life teen ministry or even a young adult ministry who was willing to provide a little bit of help here and there for that kind of thing? Yeah. You know? Something something easy. You know, the problem falls, Jeff, and you know this, with our litigious society. Mm Mm-hmm. Some kid is up blowing the leaves out of the gutter for for Mrs. Smith, and he slips and falls. Yeah, agreed. And I think that the—this is where I think businesses have figured some things out. I think organized volunteer programs have generally gone through liability and waiver type processes. And so that is something that probably your parish is going to want to think about. But, you know, when you think uh, about—so from our perspective, as people who are taking care of aging parents, so it's that physical stuff. How do you keep them safe? Um, it's the financial stuff, making sure that they have the money they need. Well, right? that's where, yeah, and I was going to go there next. And yeah. then the the legal piece is the other one that I think you probably come back and, and talk to about, you know, making sure that they have all the legal stuff lined up. And those are all things that, again, we've got lots of resources that are free to anybody, but certainly there are a lot of great providers here locally who can give you professional advice on how to navigate those. You mentioned uh, churches. I know many churches have a Meals on Wheels program yeah. where people will come volunteers from the church to deliver meals a couple of times a week and they can kind of check on you and maybe can offer some feedback or or let other people know that hey mrs smith is having some issues that i noticed when i went to drop off her meal that Uh, is that is such a valuable program and it, it is the people who i think recognize it is not really about the food. I mean, the food is important. And for many of the people you visit, those are the only fresh meals they're going to get. Right. So I don't want to downplay that. But in terms of if you're somebody who's aging alone, there are plenty of Meals on Wheels drivers who will tell you that they stopped and talked to five people where they know they were the only person that that person saw that day and maybe that week. And to have that check-in of human interaction, which, of course, COVID has done such a huge disruptive damage to, provides the opportunity to do that sort of check-in on, so how are you doing? And you you know, if it's a route that you get to know the people on that route, you know when things have changed or not. And to be able to help them by raising a concern with somebody who can do something about it is just a huge gift. Right. I know there's neighborly senior services out there. So if you look in your uh, government directory, sometimes they have a yeah. lot of those volunteer services available. I know that you we mentioned a moment ago financial and other like power of attorney and that sort of thing. I know like when I would go to mom's house and my stepfather was still living, they had end of life document Great. on the refrigerator. Yeah. Why is that so important? It It is so important for you to be able, you as the individual, to be able to declare what, what you need, what you want, what your wishes are, what your plans are. But it only goes as far as anybody knows about it. So, and this is kind of a small story, but we just found out, my father passed away about six years ago. We just found out last week that he had a life insurance policy. It wasn't for much money or anything that he never told anybody about. They only discovered is it, it. Is it still valid to cash in? Apparently so. Apparently only because the company that he had it with got bought by somebody else. They did an audit and said, hey, we have this on our books and this guy's not alive anymore, that they reached out. So wow. it goes back. And, and and when he passed away, he had prepaid for his funeral, which was a wonderful gift to the family, except nobody knew about it. So it wasn't until we were going through the process that all of a sudden it came up that, oh, by the way, he already paid for this. Those sorts of plans are ones that we often don't think about early enough. And to the degree that we can do it now, we are saving our kids the heartbreak of having to come up with those decisions in the midst of grief. 
but we also have to be willing to communicate that with them too. And I, and what I will say too, John, is that there are lawyers who specialize in elder law, elder and law. actually one of the best colleges for producing them in the country is Stetson over in Gulfport here in the Tampa Bay area. Having somebody who knows what they're doing put those documents together is important, but it's just as important if you have those to make sure your kids know where they are. Yeah, I think that's that's crucial because uh, I know that, and sometimes it's the relationship. Sometimes I don't want my kids getting into my financials. Yeah. Yeah. I'm scared they're going to, even though they're loved ones, yep. they don't want, you know, little Johnny going in and pulling oh, money out. Absolutely. I think that that's true. And I also think, John, that for, we talked about the keys earlier as a sign of independence. Finances are certainly another one. One of the things that breaks my heart that we see a lot at ARP, ARP does a lot of work on trying to educate people about frauds that are out there, frauds and scams. There was something in the news just recently about a romance scam that got somebody in their 60s. And that's pretty common. And what we learn is, especially for older people who get scammed, no matter what the scam, the biggest problem is they won't let anybody know because they're afraid if they find out that I got scammed, my kids are going to think I can't manage my own finances anymore and I'll lose that ability to do that. And it's just, it's compounding the damage when you just let that fester and you don't address it. Uh, Do these businesses target, I mean, do they have a, list where they say, okay, these these people are 65 plus. Let's mail them stuff. They're more apt to buy. Yeah, that's a very good question. We actually, um, one of my colleagues has spent time talking to people who have been convicted of this stuff and asked them things like that. And they will say, yes, that we know who's more likely to fall for it. Certainly for a lot of people who are working from home during the pandemic, they just now realized how many phone calls come in during the course of a day. And if you're retired and you're older, you may be more likely to answer those calls. And those are often frauds and scams. But then you'll also see that in any number of other scams, there's they almost sometimes leave breadcrumbs so that the next person can come and victimize them as well. And it's just horrible. And it's something that I'm glad that our lawmakers try to find ways to stop them. But there's only so much you can do other than trying to educate people to, to watch out for those potential traps that are out there. Mm-hmm. What about the mental aspects of, of aging? Uh, we've only got a couple minutes left here. Yeah. And I haven't talk to really anybody about this, but I, I was thinking about it. I, I know that I've had great grandparents who've said, you know, God forgot about me. You know, they're in their mid nineties. Yeah. All their friends have died and they, they just, they're sitting waiting to, to pass on. How, how do you, how do you do, how do you deal with the depression yeah. of that? And I mean, is that where the priest comes in or a counselor that, that might be available? It can be, yeah, it can be hugely helpful. Obviously. I think that the I think that grief is something that hits all of us. And when you're younger, it happens usually just once in a while. And when you get to an age where all of your friends are passing away or have passed away, and especially once you lose a spouse, if your spouse dies before you do, it can be really hard. And I don't think that we put enough attention on the mental health of elders. I think that a priest, certainly as somebody who's trained in pastoral care around grief and loss, would be a, a great resource. I know that there are some places that have groups for widows and widowers, and that can be something that's helpful for somebody who may still be married, but they've lost all of their friends. Often it is funeral homes that will be the locus point for that mm. kind of grief counseling and grief support. And I would definitely look to that. And I think that to the extent that if somebody is in hospice care near the very end of their life, Often hospice organizations will have a pretty significant grief and loss support system for those who are family members who have been left behind. But, you know, there's so many so many elements of what it means to age in our society that 
we don't really talk about. We're we're very focused on being young, and we don't really want to think about these things about being old. But that's just yet another one that's really important to talk through. As we close out our show, what is the one thing I can take away today that I can put into practice if I'm 55 plus that 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 I should do? That I mean, so John, I think the thing that I would underscore the one thing is you're not alone. The reality is whether you're taking care of mom or whether you're trying to figure out what you're going to do next. There's often this feeling that there's nobody to talk to. There's nobody else who's going through this. And that's a very different world from when you have children. When you're pregnant, your wife is pregnant, everybody knows it and celebrates it. And there's classes and there's books. And people think there are none of those resources for aging. There are. You just don't hear about it enough. So I, that's why I appreciate you having me on that uh, on this program today. Just look for those resources. Look for those people going through the same things. And being willing to have those conversations will help you get through it. Jeff, thanks for coming in today and sharing. Appreciate yeah. that. Oh, appreciate it. I really appreciate the opportunity, John. Jeff Johnson, the director of AARP for the state of Florida, has been our guest today. And that's how we see it. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it. 